On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. Happy Friday, one and all. It's New York, New York with yours truly. JJ John Jastrzemski, we are rocking. We are rolling right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And despite this just like wave of giddiness that I have experienced over the last week, I hate to take that wave of giddiness and bring it down a note and have to start off this Friday pod with some bad feelings, with some bad news. But unfortunately, that's kind of what I got to do regarding Carl Lawson and the news surrounding the New York Jets involving their prize free agent pass rusher, a guy who was supposed to be a real legitimate edge guy, the first one they have had since the days of John Abraham. And you talk to anyone who has been out of jet camp whether it's Connor Hughes, whether it's, you know, the cast of thousands that are out there, they have been raving about Carl Lawson and how dominant he has been and how he has been the best player, hands down, that anybody has seen at camp. I get the notification earlier in the day as I'm going through the process of getting a new phone that he was cut off the field in practice. You then find out Through back channels, he felt the pop. Anytime I hear an athlete through back channels, whether it's in social media, whether it's just through hearsay, admit the fact they felt the pop, it's never good. And sure enough, Carl Lawson finished, done for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon. Brutal, brutal, brutal news for the New York Jets. Now, here's the real talk. And it's probably going to piss off some Jet fans. It's probably going to rub some of you guys and gals the wrong way. Even if Carl Lawson is on this team, this team is not doing anything in 2021. That might be painful to say in mid-August, but 
It's reality. The Jets are not going to win anything this year. But this is why it bothers you. You thought on both lines, the Jets have something going here. Revamped defensive line, improved offensive line, new coach, rookie quarterback, good trench play. It's going to keep you in a lot of games. I wanted to see what Carl Lawson, alongside Quinn Williams and C.J. Mosley, were going to be able to do on defense. Well, now we're not going to get a chance to see that. Now you're not going to know if the Jets have themselves a legitimate, bona fide stud over a defensive end. Sucks. Flat out sucks. Because you want to know, as a Jet fan, who those building blocks are going into 2022 and beyond. That's what you want to find out. Is Lawson a perfect fit in the solid scheme? Is he a guy that's going to go and get you double-digit sacks? Is he going to be the best defensive player on this team? Well, all of those questions now go out the window and it leaves Robert Sala and the New York Jets searching for, well, how are we going to figure out a way to get after the quarterback consistently over a 17-game season. So, you hate to see injuries in training camp to anybody, in preseason to anybody. Your biggest free agent move, your best defensive player, arguably, is done before you even play a game. Sucks. Flat out sucks. So, I feel for the Jet fans with that news. Not ideal in any way. Now, on a much more lively and a much more positive note, break up the New York freaking Yankees. Yeah, I've been at Yankee Stadium three straight days. Remember when I was the mush? Remember when I was bringing all this bad juju going to all these games? Well, I don't hear anything about that any longer. I went to both games in the doubleheader. The Yankees win. I go Wednesday night with the great Carolina up. The Yankees win. How about last night? Velasquez, the kid from the Bronx, two-run single, and an insane game-tying or game-saving play in a ninth inning against Kevin Pulecki. A play, by the way, that Gleyber Torres never in a million years makes. And the ninth inning defense from Anthony Rizzo is the sort of plays that would never in a million years be made by Luke Voigt. Between that and Heaney and just sweeping the Boston Red Sox and sending Bill from Los Angeles into oblivion, I hope he's enjoying the Conas on his vacation. I hope he's enjoying the mojitos on his vacation because the Yankees continue to keep racking up victories. And my feeling going into this Minnesota series, after sweeping the Boston Red Sox, after righting a couple of wrongs from earlier in the year, no letdown. The good news for the Yankees is this. One thing has been for certain. As long as I've been watching baseball over the last, I don't know, 20, 25 plus years, longer than that. It's actually longer than 20 years, for being honest. I'm 33. I've been watching baseball probably since I was, what, five years old? So you do the math. I'm not going to do it. Take the Syracuse education. Clearly, it's good for a whole lot. Neither here nor there. The Yankees have owned the Twins my entire life. I'll keep it simple and straightforward for you. They own the Minnesota Twins. So when they jump out to a 6 nothing lead today, Tyon's throwing great. Voight, who's all sorts of angry, ticked off about the return of Anthony Rizzo. And hey, I had no problem with Voight expressing the idea that I want to play. That's awesome. 
He's fiery. He's competitive. That's terrific. My issue with Void's comments were, well, I deserve to play just as much as Rizzo. Talk about you, bro. You, you don't need to bring the other first baseman into the equation. And some people took it to extremes, like, oh, Void, how dare he, blah, blah, blah. And listen, I haven't been the leader of the Luke Void fan club. I think we all know that. I understand his shortcomings and his liabilities at first base. The kick can hit. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. He's too similar to a lot of Yankee power hitters, but he can hit. And you saw him DH today and lead off. And the outfield was Gallo, Judge, and Stanton. You could do that three to four days a week. And I don't have a problem with that. Void, hit a two-run triple. Great to see. But this was a game that got awfully dicey because 6 nothing turned into 5-3, to three, turned into 6-3, to 7 They had a three-run lead going into the ninth inning. Significant to some because I had the run line tonight. Full disclosure. I thought Britton threw the ball well in the eighth inning, even though he gave up a run. Why? A lot of ground balls. I love the fact that Chad Green went back to the fastball, did the job in the ninth inning, and the Yankees start off this series, guns are blazing. Go take three out of four. That's the mindset, and that's the mentality before what is going to be a very tough week with Atlanta for two, and then the Oakland A's in what's going to be a gigantic series Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the Bay Area. Knowing the Yankee history in Oakland, not very good. So I want to see the Yankees get fat this week. They've won seven straight games. They are feeling their oats. I mean, think about what they're getting out of guys like Velasquez and Wandy Peralta. Nobody bellyaching about that Wandy Peralta for Mike Dockman trade anymore. Put yourself in a position where you are comfortably ahead in the wild card, where you're in a real good spot to ensure October baseball. And then you could start maybe there in a dream about chasing down the Tampa Bay Rays. But I don't want to hear any talk about the American League East yet. Get yourself in comfortable playoff position. Remember, the Yankees were dead to rights six weeks ago. And one note on that. I have no problem with the comments that were made on this show for the first three and a half months of the baseball season. Everything I said was fair. It was accurate. It was real. You know, I've seen some of this on Twitter. Oh, how could you get back on the bandwagon? You were killing them all year. Not just me, but many others. Yeah, no shit we were killing the Yankees all year. They stunk for three months. They were awful. We're allowed to read-react. Remember, they had World Series expectations. They've played an inspired brand of baseball for about six weeks. You give credit where credit is due. And I've given credit to Aaron Boone, even though I haven't been his biggest fan for three months. There are times, yes, I questioned his job security. I called for his job. I own that. I acknowledge that. But also be fair, he's kept this team together. They have gotten off the mat. They've shown resilience after so many of these gut punch type of losses. Now, they're racking up Ws. Think about it. The Yankees go from losing that field to Dreams game. They went two straight against the White Sox. They win Three straight against the Boston Red Sox. I missed the Angel game, so that's four. And now they've added one against the Twins. The Yankees have won seven straight. Life is good in the Bronx. Life is good if you're a Yankee fan. What a difference a couple weeks can make. From feelings of despair and just anguish and frustration and disgust to now, 
Flat out jubilance. Nobody blaming me anymore. It's good to know. Very, very good to know. We got a loaded show for you. The great Nikki Totoro will check in. I'm sure he is in much better spirits compared to what he was a couple of weeks ago with his Yankees when he's calling me late night at like 3 in the morning after the Fenway debacle. We will get ready for what's going to be an interesting weekend, not only with the baseball, but a couple more preseason games. And are we actually going to see a couple of Giants actually on the field? Maybe, maybe not. A lot more to do. We'll come right back. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. So, life is certainly a lot better in Yankee land. The Yankees sweep the Red Sox. They win again against the Minnesota Twins. They have now won seven straight games. They have a playoff spot. And I think the conversation that I'm going to have with my buddy Nick Totoro is going to be a lot better, Nicky, than the conversation you and I had on a lowly July night after the Red Sox debacle. Bro, you and I needed like... We we need a like clinical treatment after those games, bro. So how we living? A lot better. Hard to believe, man. I couldn't have predicted it. I really didn't see it. I thought they were done. You thought they were done. Everybody else said they were done. I mean, not to be pessimistic, but I was like, they just don't feel like a team. And then the trade deadline comes. We bring in Rizzo. We bring in Gallo. And then just something magically changes. The feel of the team, I don't know if you feel the same, but there was a different feeling in that Marlins series. It's because I... Oh, 100%. Totally, totally agree. And you know what it is, Nikki? You needed a couple of Paisans and you needed a kid from the Bronx to turn the season around, basically. That's what you needed. Unbelievable. And I had to sit in the rocket chair. Yeah, and my Eric had to sit in the rocket chair. <laughs> I give him credit because sometimes he's been a jinx. But this time he's working. He's working. But listen, that trade, that was a huge trade because it balanced the lineup. You see now, they're not so predictable to pitch to. They have lefty, righty. They have balance. They have like, it made Judge better. It made Stanton better. Uh, the whole team kind of like, I think, fed off those guys. And then being Pisons, that doesn't hurt, you know? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And you're a Hollywood guy. Velasquez the other day, Getting the RBI hit, uh, making the game-saving play in the ninth inning. A kid who was a Bronx kid, grew up a Yankee fan, career minor leaguer. Nikki, that's that's a Hollywood script right there, brother. That's exciting. And I'll tell you something. They, they better be careful because they got some mojo going with him, going with Odor. And then, you know, like these other guys come back, Glaber this. Listen, the other night, Glaber doesn't make those plays. There's a catch in Chicago. Glaber doesn't make that catch. This kid is a shortstop. And I'll tell you, defense, him and Rizzo, a game changer. You get Gio back. Oh, Nikki, think about yesterday. You think those two plays at first base are made by Luke Voigt? No. The Devers ball and the scoop, no, no chance, that, that doesn't happen. No chance. That, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I like Luke Voigt, but suck it up. Hit the baseball. They'll put you in as a DH. I mean, he's not that kind of first baseman. you got to be... You got to be real. I don't like him coming out and acting like, yeah, like a little wuss, you know, like, you know, I deserve to play. I did a lot. Hey, nobody cares. We haven't won. Well, here was my issue, Nikki. My bigger issue is don't say I deserve it just as much as Rizzo. You want to say, hey, bro, I've been here. I've been a good Yankee. I want to play. I'm cool with that competitiveness. But when they go and get Anthony Rizzo, 
Don't make it seem like, hey, I should play just as much as that guy. Go win a World Series. Go play the defense that he plays. And by the way, stay on the field and play, and then you can kind of talk like Exactly. That. Exactly. Listen, he's a nice story. He did some nice things for us. But you haven't won squat. So you, last that's year, right. Last year isn't this year. Last year isn't this year. And last year was, you know, that's not a legitimate season. I don't care about a 60-game season. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So they're in playoff positioning. You're now at the point. I'm now at the point where if they're not playing in the postseason this year, you're going to be devastated, right, bro? Like, I'm going to be devastated at this oh, point absolutely. if they're not playing in October. I expect it now. Oh, I expect Oh, no, it. no. I want the division now. Wow. I so Nikki the- is getting greedy. No, no, no. no. See, Nikki has already <laughs> said, to hell with the wild card. No, no, I don't want the wild card. the wild card. I want the fucking division. I, the fucking I love division. it. I want the fucking division. I don't want the I don't want the one one game tease. That's a that's a jerk play. You know what I mean? That's a whole tease play. I don't want that now. Now that with within reach, I'm telling you, I'm getting greedy now. I'm not going to be happy with just the one game because you know, one game, anything could happen. If it was three games, all right. I don't like that one game. I would have been happy if it was desperation, just one game. But now, I see a path to the first place. Here's the problem, though. Tampa's good, dude. I, you know this. Don't disrespect the Rays. You're smarter than I'm that. Not, that team knows how to win. They got a soft schedule. And here's the problem, Nick. They don't have the head-to-head games with Tampa. If they had six with Tampa, I'd feel a lot more up, optimistic and I, I'd be a lot more giddy about their division chances. They play them three at the end of the year. Those going to mean anything? I'm skeptical. No, I, I hear you. But I mean, you know, somebody's got to help us out. We just got to keep winning, Johnny. Got to keep winning games. That's what it comes down to. And I don't know, did you see, I would have felt this series against Minnesota had let down written all over it. But Nikki, you know the deal. It doesn't matter who wears the Minnesota Twins uniform. They never, ever, ever beat the Yankees. They're exactly the team you want to play, dude. No, they're perfect because we, you can tell they're already like a little flat tonight, but they were still able to win. You know what I mean? And, and they got to win three out of four. If not, if not sweep them. But you got to win series. Here's the problem. What? I'm worried for the Yankees. He's worried that they're only they're going to do what they did in '19, where they have where they have a bunch of guys right now who are just good yeah, players. Yeah, I know what you're saying. They bring back guys, and then they bring guys back like Eddie DePac. Yeah, but like, yeah. but who no, though? So like Gio, for example. You want Gio Urshela back. Gio Urshela is one of the better players. The guy puts the bat on the ball. He's a good glove. You want Urshela back. I want him back at third base. But you know what? Shortstop is a concern. Well, I get that, Nick. Listen, Glaber's defense stinks. But be fair, Glaber out of the All-Star break was hitting better than anybody. He was. He was red hot. And listen, this is where, to me, the manager cannot be afraid to hurt people's feelings. At the end of these games... I'll give you an example, Nick. Glaber's the starting shortstop. But at the end of these games, you got a one or a two-run lead in the eighth inning. And guess what, Glaber? I'm putting this kid Velasquez in the game because he plays better defense than you. That's the sort of stuff that, I want to see. That's the kind of that's when you say the guy's got balls and he's a good manager. And he'll show if he has any kind of common sense. And and that and that's very obvious to think that way, to say, listen, if he comes back, yeah, we'll start him. But the game is tight. We got a lead. You got to take him out. Because, you know, Glaber, he could cost you a game, a series. He's a disaster over there. He's not a guy you can really count on. And, and that's a good... I got good news for you, though, bud. Even though I don't think the Yankees are winning the division, 
Because I don't. I just think yeah. Tampa, Unless they got too much of a cushion. Coach. They're they're legit. They're good. I expect them to get it done. Look at the American League right now. The Astros, the Yankees have played really well against them this year. The White Sox, they're 5-1 and one against the White Sox. And let's be honest, dude, yeah. they should have been 6-0 and oh if they hold on to that game in the cornfield. I know. The American League is wide open. And oh, I've yeah. been saying this for a while. If you get in, all you got to do is get in and play your best baseball. Yeah. You could get to the World Series. No, Why the hell not? You couldn't. And they're, they're a way different team right now. Even Alex Cora said it. They look a lot different. You know, they definitely have strength in their team. They're a lot deeper. They're a dangerous team right now. You know, and, and if they just keep gelling this way and the pitching holds up, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, this kid, Gil, could be a, he could be a, the Severino we wanted because he's a, He's, he's a confident guy out there. I'll tell you, I like his moxie. I don't know how you feel about him, but I, I, I... Oh, he looks terrific. Now, what I'm afraid of, Nick, at some point, major league hitters are going to get the book on him because they haven't seen him. You know what I mean? So I'm waiting to see, okay, second time he faces a team, how do they adjust? How do they react? Right. How do they kind of take it from there? Right. But stuff plays. He throws hard. And he has not been phased by not pitching. And that's a big thing in New York. A young kid coming in to a pennant race in big games and to not get phased is gigantic. I know. And I've seen Severino rattled. I've seen a lot of other guys rattled. He looks to me, even Buck Showalter said, some guys play to the level of competition. And I've seen it. Guys like maybe they're in double A, triple A. Then they come up to the big leagues. Some guys sink and some guys rise. He looks like, I belong here. I fucking belong here. And I'm not afraid. And it's same thing with Nesta Cortez. That guy's pitching his ass off. Don't you get shades of Aaron Small and Sean Chacon with Nesta <laughs> Cortez, bro? You remember Aaron yeah, Small and Sean run. Chacon saving the Yankee season? See, real Yankee fans, Nick, like you and I, we yeah. know names like that. I know. Johnny Come Lately's do not. Be fair on that. I know that. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, uh, Smalls. Yeah. And who's the other guy? Sean Chacon. Yeah. Sean Chacon. Yeah. It's an elimination game against the Angels. Did a good I remember job going that but night. I, and listen, I, I, this guy, Gil, he might not be just a flash in the pan. He might be. No, he's a big prospect. He's yeah. The, Cortez is kind of, you know, you journeyman bouncing around type of guy. Cortez Gil's can pitch. Gil's got legit stuff. But he can pitch this guy. He can pitch, man. And he's not afraid either. And he attacks the hitters. He goes about it a different way. But I. And the other guy that I was wrong about, I gotta, I gotta say I was wrong as I thought he was a bum. He's really turned the year around as, uh, James Tayon. I mean, yeah. Oh, and he was pitching great. He ran out of gas today. Yeah. He was dying, throwing a one hitter through five innings and then kind of hit a wall, made a weird play. I don't know if you saw it, Nicky, like stumbled off the mound and then basically ran out of gas in a sixth inning. But for the most part, he has saved the Yankees bacon. Cole COVID, Montgomery COVID. Herman gets hurt. You're still waiting on Severino. Guys like Tyon and Cortez, they've saved the Yankees' ass. Let me tell you, huge. Because Severino, I'll tell you something, he ain't coming back. I don't think he's coming back. You can't I, expect I, it. I, and if you get anything out of him, it's crazy I don't think, I don't think he's coming back, Johnny. And, and, I, and I'll tell you something else. I, I have a weird feeling about him. I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same because by now, by now, look, Chris Sale is older. He's back. Other guys have returned. What is the deal with this guy? I, you know, they, they're not telling you a lot of shit about this guy. And, you know, he, he got his contract. He pitched when he was hurt. There's, uh, there's a whole bunch of stories about him. 
And I don't know if he's ever going to be. I love the guy. I wanted to see him so bad. But I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen this year. You know? Now, you were fully back. I could sense it. Because, listen, we were having our therapy session at Fenway. You know, funny story. I've told it on the air. You know the deal here. So Thursday night, Rizzo saved our ass. Totally agree. But Thursday night, the Yankees lost that epic game to the Red Sox. I did the show from Fenway Park. I'm staying oh, in my remember. buddy's apartment. I haven't met his girlfriend. I'm getting calls at like 3 in the morning. And I'm like, shit, who the hell's calling me? I can't sleep. It's Nikki. I text him. I'm like, Nikki, I can't make noise because I know when we're talking Yankees, <laughs> you and I are going to be yelling and screaming. We're going to be on normal selves. Right. I haven't met this poor guy's girlfriend. So the last thing I want to do is have her coming out, yelling and screaming, hey, I'm talking with Totoro. But then we talked the next day. And, dude, we were like, we were a wreck, bro. We were miserable. I, I don't know how many rants I had on Twitter. I went fucking ballistic. I said I was done not once, twice. Everybody said, you, you said it already the other night. And, I mean, I was in a rage, Johnny, in a rage over this team, over Boone. I was just so upset because I said, man, this is, this is not what we expected. And then we had the Gallo trade. I said, all right, that's good. But in the back of my mind, I like this guy Rizzo. I might even said something about Rizzo. You and when they, you did a month before. I did a month before. Yeah, said, there you go. I'm glad said, it's on the record. That a boy. Not gonna happen. Out of the blue, they acquire him. I was. Well, let's be honest, Nikki. Everybody thought he was going to the Red Sox because they needed a first baseman. That was the hot rumor early in the day. He's going to Boston. I was all bummed about it. And then the Yankees swoop in and get him. I, Fabulous, dude. You, Fabulous. Yeah. He's a game changer. He's a he's a winner. He's a complete player. He's the kind of first baseman they needed. Listen, back in '96, the guys even talked about they had Tino. You know, Tino had a great run, but they brought in Cecil Fielder, and they wouldn't have arguably won in '96 without Fielder and Tino. So, listen, those trades were huge, um, and these other guys. Uh, you know, the bullpen to me is still scary. I'm still a little bit. You know, I, the circle of trust right now is still, you know, Johnny Lasagna is coming around. He's coming around. Britain scares the shit out of me. Um, I mean, Chad Green, he's got to throw his fastball and not throw that <laughs> stupid pussy pitch yeah, that he throws. He's got to show some balls and just, just even tonight, Cone goes, throw the pitch, Cone goes. Challenge him now. Cone was saying it. Was, he was saying, like, without cursing, Cone was saying, just throw the pitch, you know? And that's what that Chad Green, somebody's got to get in his face and go, if you get beat, Chad Green, you get beat with your fucking best. Don't you throw that stupid Frisbee pitch. Fuck you, Chad Green. Yeah, everybody. Chad Fuck Green, you, not Chad a Green. favorite of the Totoro household. I can get the sense of that. Now, before we say goodbye, and thanks again for doing this, don't be a stranger. Um, and I hope I'm to see you in Los Angeles next Definitely. week. I know we will link up. That's going to happen. Give me something to watch. Because I the problem is, Nick, I've been so busy with all the baseball. And then I just watched the Marvel Scarlett Johansson movie the other day. So it's like the first movie I've watched in forever. Give, give me something to watch on the plane when I'm heading out to Vegas on Monday. What should I watch? You haven't watched that movie yet. I gave you, right? No, but that, give me another one. I need two now. I need two. I gave you Fingers, right? Fingers is one. I got to find it. Now I need the second. <laughs> well, listen, because the audience, I know I need Fingers. But the audience might have already watched it, so they need another tutorial recommendation. You, want, you know, you want a, another movie? I want another movie. Okay, cold classic. Um, let's think of something that's like 
since we're what about the gambler? Have you seen the gambler with James Conn? I have not. Oh, I got some more to do. That's a great I got movie. Some more to do. Great movie. I got some more to do. James so Conn, James Conn James Conn is the lead. Who else is in it? Oh, great cast. Burt Young has a great cameo in it. Oh, very nice. Okay. Um, uh, let's see who else is in it. Um, Paul Savino is wonderful as the bookie. As the oh, the, I mean, listen. They made a bullshit. Considering I like to throw a, a couple of shekels down on games, huh? I, I, I'm already sold. The gambler. I'm already no, sold. No, it's great. You know, yeah, listen. You're gonna fucking though. love the movie. I, I, do you want the setup? No, I actually I want to see it because it sounds so good. I don't even. Oh, I don't no, even no, want you're, to gonna, you're gonna love it because it's very. Very pure. They made a remake of it, but it was a bullshit remake with Wahlberg. Did not like it. It was not, didn't even come near this movie. It's a wonderful movie. James Conn is terrific in it. I mean, across the board, it's so good. I mean, he's a professor and all this shit. He's a degenerate gambler. James Toback wrote it, directed it. Wonderful. It's like Along the Lines of Fingers, you know, really, really good movie. I love it. I got fingers, and I got the gambler, and I got the great Nikki Tatar. Nikki, you are the best, bro. Our baseball team is back. I'll see you. My best to all the fellas. I got the whole crew basically yes. involved in the pod tonight. That's everybody, and then and I'll see you. Everybody, say goodbye to Johnny. Bye, Johnny. <laughs> I see you. Love in, you, boys. In Cali, Johnny. See you in Cali. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Man, it's good getting Nikki Totoro in a good mood because I feel like the last couple of conversations I've had with Nikki, it's been full-fledged panic. So Nikki is back. I am back. I got a movie recommendation and I'm all fired up about The Gambler, James Conn. I am so in on that. And I think there's just a little extra oomph in all of us Yankee fans right about now. Nikki has it. I most certainly have it. The folks I've run into at Yankee Stadium, I get that sense. And the Yankees have a season. Make no mistake. This season is alive and well. Well, I got to wonder how many more weeks the Mets season is going to be alive and well because they are on beyond life support at this point. Think about how nightmarish this weekend is for the Mets. You got four games with the Los Angeles Dodgers as the Atlanta Braves are taking on a team that's lost like, what, like 13, 14, 15 games in a row in the Baltimore Orioles? I mean, this has all the makings of the Braves potentially putting the Mets out of their misery in the NL East. If the Met weekend goes super rotten and the Braves do what I expect them to do, we could be sticking a fork in the Mets come Monday morning. Thursday, the story remains the same. The Mets can't hit. On a day in which the Los Angeles Dodgers go to a bullpen game, they push Buell back a day. They push Max Scherzer back a day. 
They go to a bullpen game. You got to find a way to score more than one run. I know the Dodger bullpen is great. I know they're throwing a bunch of premier arms out there. You can't score one run and expect to win a game. I'm sorry, you just can't. Taiwan Walker? Eh. Kind of the way he's been the entire second half. Six innings of four-run baseball. Score runs. That is the theme. That is the narrative for the Mets that has absolutely torpedoed and has destroyed their season to the point where you had Steve Cohen 48 hours ago expressing his disdain and expressing his frustration about what's going on with the New York Mets. And, you know, I think about all the time how I'd respond and how I would act if I owned the team. I like to think that I'd act like Mark Cuban. That's just my personal take. Maybe in another lifetime, I will have that opportunity. Cohen, on the other hand, though, has been all about Twitter. It has been his escape in many ways. So he sent out a tweet. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. Everything Steve Cohen said in that tweet, it was 1,000% accurate in describing the failures and the issues the Mets are having as a team. Do I think that's the sort of tweet that's going to rub people within the team the wrong way? 100%. I'm at the mindset, though, I don't really care. The team is under 500. They have stunk. They have flushed away division lead. You don't like that criticism? Play better. Do better. Then maybe you won't have to hear from the owner. The owner is basically a frustrated fan. That's really what it comes down to. He just has a lot more money and has a lot more resources at his disposal. Now, if you want to get on Steve Cohen, for this particular year and not going the extra mile for the Mets, they had a good offseason. Nobody mocked the Lindor trade when it happened. Not a soul. For the most part, people liked the McCann move. People liked the idea of getting Taiwan Walker. What's the move you can get on Cohen for in this front office? Not going and getting Springer? I think that's fair. I wanted the Mets to get Springer. At the trade deadline, who was the guy that you wanted on this team? Barrios? Brian instead of Bias? I wanted Brian instead of Bias. Giants gave up a lot more than I guess the Mets were willing to do. The Mets have been torpedoed by not having DeGrom and not having Lindor. It has killed this team. It has absolutely destroyed this team. So I don't know what move at the trade deadline would have alleviated this situation. I, I, I really don't know. That tweet signals to me, though, change will be coming. Because I don't get the sense that Steve Cohen is going to be sitting on his hands saying, I just had to sit through a miserable second half, a team that just completely fell apart, and I'm going to be okay with it. And one note on a lot of these Met players, they seem awfully sensitive with the media. And I think the tweet from Cohen absolutely ruffled some feathers and struck a nerve with plenty of dudes. I don't want to hear the Met players complaining about the media. You play in New York City. Tough love. 
Not everybody's going to be kissing your ass in New York when you stink. The Mets have stunk offensively all year. What the media is saying about the team is fair, is justified, it's real. Don't like it? Go play somewhere else. And you heard that sentiment from Met players the other day. They're getting combative with the media. You're not going to win those battles. Trust me on that. Cohen just basically said, I own the team. I'm sick of this. I'm going to send out a little passive-aggressive tweet. Those passive-aggressive tweets, you mark my words, they will turn to major action by the end of this year. Especially if this is a season where the Mets are on the outside looking in. And with the way things are going, who's putting their money on the Mets to be a playoff team at this point? I mean, how can you? The season has just completely fallen apart. Orioles for the Braves. Mets taking on the Dodgers. Bueller, Scherzer, Price lined up over the weekend. If the Mets got two games, I'd be surprised. I think they're winning one, and I wouldn't be shocked if they got swept four straight games because the Dodgers are coming for that NL West. Ugly, ugly times for the Orange and Blue. Voicemail time. And these should be interesting. The Jeff fan, down in the dumps. The Met fan, down in the dumps. The Yankee fan, riding high like yours truly. In case you're figuring out, how do I leave a voicemail for New York, New York? I mean, you should know this by now. The number? Simple. 917-382-1151. Let's get to it. I expect these to be quite rowdy. Let's lead it off with a bang. Bro, it's TK here from Allendale. This franchise is just so cursed. All I hear is Carl Lawson this, Carl Lawson that. He's uh, having a great training camp. Uh, Beckton's having trouble blocking him. He's going to have a monster year, all pro. Getting my car, getting texts from Jets fans. We're cursed, we're this. I'm like, what is going on? Find out, ruptured Achilles. It's just unbelievable. This team, I can't take it anymore, man. Uh, Devin won a Super Bowl. How long? The last time they won it, we're in a Super Bowl. I was three months old shitting in my diaper. This team is just. It's unfriggin' believable. I can't take it anymore. Take care of it, bro. Wow. Brutal Jet News brings out one of the all-time greats, my golf partner, a dear friend of the great Joe Beningo, the great Tommy Keenan. Tommy's pissed off. Tommy's down in the dumps. Tommy is the definition of the bruised, battered, and beaten New York Jet fan. I think Tommy's well aware of the fact that Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. Jets aren't making the playoffs this year. But this is supposed to be a cornerstone of your defense. This is supposed to be a guy who can grow with a young team, grow with the young coach, be one of those guys that's getting you 9, 10, 11 sacks a year. You hear all these good things about him, and then it's taken away from you before you even hit the start of the regular season. I feel your pain, Tommy Keenan. I feel your pain. Should have known that it would take miserable, agonizing jet news to bring out my good pal, TK. Hang in there, buddy. Hopefully the birdies are coming your way this weekend. It won't be for me. No golf this weekend. No golf, but we'll be taking care of that in Vegas on Monday and Tuesday. Don't you worry. 
Very excited. A couple of rounds already booked. It's going to be 110 degrees. I'm probably going to be sweating through my shirt, but you know what? You only live once, baby. You only live once. Hey, John. Hey, Jake from Charlotte. Who's next? Not only am I a depressed, lifelong Mets fan, I'm also a depressed, lifelong Jets fan. And today was another blow to this team that is cursed. Carl Lawson out for the year with a torn Achilles. How wonderful. You know, I really wonder if I'm ever going to see one of my teams win a championship before I die. I'm 30 years old. I might be overdramatic, but nothing has gone right for my teams since I've been alive. And it sucks. And I'm more concerned about fantasy football now than I am the Jets season because their defense really needed loss in this year and he's not going to be around. So, whatever. I don't know. I don't even know why I called, honestly. I just wanted to vent, I guess. So, anyways, man, talk to you later. Bye. Well, Jake, sometimes you got to get those emotions off of your chest. You weren't going to have a winning team this year anyway. But you sign a big free agent, you want to see him play. You want to see what kind of impact he can make. This is a house money year for the Jets. But I want to know who my building blocks are. I want to know who my cornerstones are. Now, I don't know if one of my big free agents is one of those guys. I have no idea. That, to me, is what sucks about this news. And that it happens immediately right out of the gate before you even hit the regular season. Sadly, for your sake, not for mine necessarily, but for your sake, the fantasy team come week 10 or week 11 was going to be more important than Jet results for you anyway. Hate to be the guy to tell you that, but that's just... A JJ Clayton from New Jersey. Uh, I tell you, I love Steve Cohen's tweet. Uh, it's about time that somebody in the organization um, showed some some kind of anger towards how they've been playing. And, you know, I know a lot of people are, are going to get on them for, uh, you know, maybe upsetting the players and whatnot. But if the players aren't upset with how they perform they've been performing, if they're more upset with Steve Cohen's tweet than how they've been performing, then maybe they need to reevaluate themselves. Um, and I think all what Steve Cohen did here is basically say to people, you know what, 500 and how the Mets have been playing is no longer acceptable. This is no longer the Wolfpond Mets where 83 and 79 is going to get it done and everybody goes, oh, well, we had a good year. No, 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 no. We want to be a 90-win team year in, year out competing for that division. And the bar is raised with Steve Cohen. That's what this proves to me today uh, with that tweet. The bar is raised. It's not good enough. It's not acceptable. And this is no longer the Wilpon Nets. And again, if the players have any problems with it, then maybe they're part of the problem because they need to focus on why they've not been hitting, especially fastballs, and maybe put that anger that they have towards their owner into their play a little bit because it's certainly been a disgrace lately, and they should be more disgusted with how they've been playing than the owner's tweet. Later. Clayton, I don't disagree with that. I had absolutely no problem with the Steve Cohen tweet. First of all, he owns the team. He has a right to express his opinion. Second of all, if you're a player on the team and you're offended, here's my advice. Play better. Play better. You're amongst the bottom of the National League when it comes to run scored. With the talent that's on this lineup, that should not be the case. That is not acceptable. I don't have a problem with Cohen poking a bear. And again, you hit on this, and it's important. 
if there are guys on this team that are offended by that, I don't want them here. And there's a narrative around the Mets that I think is totally fair and totally justified that their players are way too sensitive when it comes to the media. That was coming out over the last few days. Oh, the media is out to get us. They're too negative. They're too critical. Play better. The media has been totally fair with the Mets this year. In fact, the media has been overly positive with the Mets until the last couple of weeks. When you have a six-game lead in the division and you flush it down the toilet basically in a month, what do you expect the media to do? I think there's a lot of that with this team. I really do. And I can't pinpoint necessarily who the guys are, but guys who are going to be that sensitive playing in New York, they don't belong. Go play in Kansas City. Go play in Kansas City where you got one reporter or two reporters and everybody's going to be lovey-dovey and you got nothing to worry about. That doesn't work in New York. There are certain cities in America in sports, it doesn't work. New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago. You ain't getting away with that crap. And and how about Strowman? I mean, Strowman picking fights with beat writers. Strowman, this would bother me to no end if I'm a Met fan. You give up two runs in the first inning. You settle in, you pitch a fine game. But you give up a homer in the seventh inning the other night to the Giants, which basically basically decided the game. You lose. You were solid, not spectacular. Your team loses. And you're tweeting after the game about my great defensive play. Marcus, nobody cares. What Met fan is like, oh, I, I, I can't wait to see Marcus Stroman tweeting a, a play from tonight's game when a team is in free fall. They lose it every night. I, I don't want to see that right now, dude. Have a little perspective. Have a little sense. And our guy Hector Washington Heights called our green room yesterday, called him out for it, and gets blocked on Twitter. Strowman's tough to take. I'm sorry. He's tough to take. I've been blocked already. So, I mean, you know, nothing changed for me. I ain't missing much. But the liking stuff on social media after the loss, bro, I, I'm sorry. I don't need to see that. Now, I'm not a Met fan. If I'm a Met fan, I'd be like, are you kidding me, bro? Give me a break. Who's next? Hey, JJ. Sean Long Island here. Thanks for taking the call. Quickly on the Mets, um, with this whole Steve Cohen tweet, listen, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too much. I'm just a sucker. But I don't think this guy's an idiot. You know, him acquiring Javi Baez goes directly against everything in that tweet. Um, he knew he'd be roasted for it. I just think he was an owner throwing up a Hail Mary. The Mets are finding a new rock bottom every single game, it seems. Hey, just rattle the cage a little bit. Why not? You know, maybe take a little bit from the major league movies. You know, have the players hate you and then they'll get together on their own. But I'm giving Cohen a little more credit for this one. I don't think he's a total dummy who just is clueless. I think he's thrown up a Hail Mary and we'll see if the Mets respond here in California. Uh, another thing, JJ, as football season gets ramped up, I can't be the only one wondering this in New York. Will there be a weekly, perhaps, picks with Mike Francesa's segments? We grew up with them. Me and you were the same age in New York. Every Friday, it was must-listen radio in the league where they play for pay. And I'm hoping, I think it would be really cool if you got Mike on, maybe just a quick five minutes Sunday morning or something on a Friday show. It would be really, really cool to see you guys maybe go heads up, some family plays, keep each other's records. I'm sure Mike will do it, man. Reach out to him. Thanks so much, JJ. Take care. Well, Sean, I got news for you. That is a terrific, terrific suggestion. Now, I don't know if Mike is going to have the – time to be able to do it once a week. 
I don't know if Mike wants to put his picks on record once a week. First of all, if Mike goes against me, he's going to lose. I can tell you that right now. And Mike doesn't like to lose. So it might be something that's a little uncomfortable for him. It's a great idea, though. I give credit where credit is due, Sean. It is a brilliant, brilliant idea. And I might plant the seed with the Pope this week. I just don't know if he's going to be able to commit to doing it once a week. I, I can run it by him, though. Can absolutely run it by him because it'd be magic. I can tell you that right now. Anytime Mike and I would get together, it'd be magic. Be magic. So you never know. I can't tell you is a great chance of it happening, but because I think it's a great idea and a great suggestion, my final thought on it would be never say never. And when it comes to Cohen, listen, he owns the team. Could you imagine, though, if George Steinbrenner had a Twitter? I remember George and his ways in the 90s and the early 2000s. George, to say he was the same as he was in the 70s and the 80s, it's not the same. I didn't live through that. I can't say that I did. But George, whether it was calling out Jeter for you know partying too late, and they had that great Visa MasterCard commercial when they're doing the conga line. You remember that one? George still had his way about him in the late 90s, early 2000s. Imagine him having the uh, trigger figures on his phone. Oh, baby. I'd pay for that. The missives would be on Twitter. It'd be fabulous. Who's next? JJ, what up, bro? It's Brian from Atlanta. All right? From Jersey originally. I live here now. You know I'll be at the game. I'm trying to score some dugout seats right now, right behind the dugout this week coming up. Bro, I just caught myself singing the fucking New York, New York song by Frankie Sinatra. For like five minutes just now after this fucking first game against the Twins. I, I probably would have sang it even if they lost. I don't give a shit. I, I'm so hyped, JJ. Talk to me, JJ. And look, I'm being patient because the Yankees, you know, listen, you know how it is, man. I just, I, I want to see you in the playoffs, but hopefully everything goes smooth. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm trying to tame myself at the same time I can't, JJ. Let's go, Yankees. No, nah, I'm okay with the giddiness, Brian. Enjoy it. Absolutely enjoy it because this was a team that was dead to rights six weeks ago. I'm enjoying every minute of it. I've been at Yankee Stadium all week. I basically have been living at Yankee Stadium. So I'm very much enjoying it. They're playing a really good brand of baseball. And there are a lot of different reasons for the turnaround. Rizzo and Gal help a ton. I think the Yankees have been far more aggressive on the base paths. I don't think that's being talked about nearly enough. I think their defense has been a lot better. Yeah, Gallo and Rizzo are going to help in that regard, but the Yankees have played a cleaner brand of baseball. The base running mistakes have stopped, and they've pitched really well. Even when guys have gone down, COVID, getting a call in Montgomery, the pitching has held their own. That's how you put together this sort of stretch, really starting with the Mariners right before the All-Star break. And continuing right through. A little bit of everything now going right for the Yankees. Where in the beginning of the year, it felt like everything was going wrong. Who's next? Hey, JJ. It's Brian in Syracuse. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about the Rizzo-Voight kind of dynamic. And while I do think Rizzo's the better player, a better fit, and I want him back with the Yankees, I also think Voight kind of has a point. I mean, this guy did lead the majors in homers last year. 
And I guess my fear looking to next season is that Cashman won't capitalize on that. Voight, I think, just turned 30. He still has value. I'm not sure for who. Maybe an NL team needing power like San Francisco, Milwaukee. Um, but there should be a market for this guy. And one of Cashman's few failings as a general manager is he tends to hold on to his guys for too long. We saw it with Andujar when he didn't trade him for Cole. He held on to Frazier far too long when he should have dealt him when the team actually had outfield depth. Uh, I just hope that Voight doesn't become like a part-time DH next year and that his talents kind of go wasted and the Yankees don't capitalize on that. So for his sake and the Yankees, this offseason, they should really explore kind of that market and where they could possibly send him. Take care. Well, I think that's reasonable. I argued last year it was the greatest time to trade Luke Voigt because he was coming off a year where he led baseball in homers, shortened 60-game season, too similar to the same sort of guy the Yankees have up and down the lineup. I thought last year was the perfect time to trade him. Now, in the offseason, look, I want Anthony Rizzo back on this team. I'm not hiding that. I've made that perfectly clear since the minute the Yankees have gotten him. And even if they don't re-sign Rizzo, then I would want to move Gleyber Torres off of shortstop, get a shortstop, like Corey Seager, for example. That's the only way I'm okay with Rizzo not being on this team. And even so, I'm not going to be happy about it. Here's what could help the Voight market. I was thinking about this the other day. The universal DH coming to the National League helps in trying to trade Luke Voigt. Because the problem they might have run into last year, well, where are you trading him? Do you want to trade him to Tampa? No, you're not going to be in love with that. Do you want to trade him to Oakland? Voigt, to me, is the guy that would be like, tailor-made to play in Oakland. Doesn't he look like an Oakland A, for goodness sakes? So maybe the National League having that DH makes Voigt more attractive. I hope the Yankees get the most out of him for the next couple of weeks. I hope he's a good part-time DH. Some will make the argument the best Yankee lineup includes Luke Voigt as a designated hitter. That'll play out over time. To me, a couple days a week, DH him. Be a good soldier, be a good teammate, and take it from there. That would be my advice to Luke Voigt. Let you play, do the talking. Play angry. He's done that the last few days, and it's helped. We got two to go. What do we got? JJ, Justin, and Floral Park. This goes out to your boy, your boy, Simmons. You hear those footsteps, Simmons? First place in the wild card, the Yankees. And we're coming for Tampa. Okay? Simmons, I never liked you when he did that 30 for 30, four days in October, with your little grin at the bar. I couldn't stand you. I can't stand anything Boston. Okay? New York is going to take over now. Okay? I hope you're listening to this because New York is taking over, Simmons. And I love that JJ's doing this show. He's kicking ass. As are the Yankees, let's keep it going. They never make it easy. But, hey, let's keep the train going. No letdown against the Twinkies, okay? I want three out of four at least, if not a sweep. Later, bro. Justin with a couple of firing, firing shots at our buddy and our pal Bill from Los Angeles. And it's all out of love, Bill in Los Angeles. I love you, buddy. You're a great boss. It's been a pleasure to work for you. You've been super supportive. But let's be fair. You had a lot of fun at the Yankee fan expense a couple weeks ago. Talked a whole lot of crap. I think we all made a couple of mental notes to that. Couldn't say much for a good majority of the year. But 
You know what they say about payback? Bill from Los Angeles. And I did hear from the great Bill from LA last night as he was trying to will on the Red Sox comeback in the ninth inning. Also heard from Bill from LA, and this is via Danny Heifetz. We sent him a picture of the two of us at the game, and he was like, this is not the content I need on vacation. I go, it is precisely the content you need on vacation, my friend. So you enjoy. I hope the mojitos are going down smooth. I hope the beach is wonderful. I really do. I I I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful time. But a whole lot more misery is hopefully coming your way upon your return. And hopefully more misery when the Dolphins beat the Pats in week one. Shots fired from our buddy Justin in Floral Park. Last but not least, where are we taking us? JJ, what's up, brother? It's JK out in Fayville. Been a little while. Wanted to touch base. Uh, got one quick point and then a question for you. Um, the Yankees are absolutely on fucking fire right now. Um, maybe they can win some players to the Mets and help them. Uh, they're going to have plenty of extras coming up here as all these guys are coming back. Um, second thing, I absolutely love the uh, top 15 New York sports list. Fuck that guy who wanted to put Josh Allen in there. Um, and also the guy's giving you shit for uh, not having uh, Harden higher than Randall. Totally get what you were doing there. How about a top 15 New York sports uh, athletes of all time? Can we get that next? Love you, bro. JK, appreciate the suggestion. And the good news is, folks, over the month of February, that'll be a beautiful time to break a lot of that stuff out. You know, we'll kind of take it throughout September, October, and beyond. But I think we're going to be quite busy over the next few weeks. I mean, football season is here. The Yankees are in a pennant race. The Mets are still hanging on to a pennant race. So I think September and October, as the kids like to say, we Gucci. Okay, we Gucci around here. But I'm thinking down the road. I'm thinking down the line. I think it's an excellent suggestion. We put it in the memory bank. And it's something we might revisit in the months ahead here on New York, New York. We'll get your weekend going with an absolute bang. What to watch for, what to look for, what's on deck and what's on tap to yours truly. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So before we say goodbye, here's what's on deck for the weekend. First of all, I'm going to be at the Northern Trust on Sunday. I am so excited. First of all, I've been lucky enough to play Liberty National now twice. I guarantee the conditions are going to be a lot trickier than they were for me. Uh, but I'm looking forward to kind of getting a sense on Sunday morning and in the afternoon what to look for. I hopefully, you know, get a chance to see my guy Phil hit a couple of bombs. And listen, it's in my backyard. It's a course that I now at least have an understanding of. So I'm looking forward to the Northern Trust over the next couple of days. I don't have a play for you, to be honest with you, because I'm just, I'm not there. I'm in such baseball mode. And the Yankees have been really, really good to me throughout the course of this week. Don't have a golf play. Maybe you'll get one on Twitter over the weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to watching these second preseason games in the sense of, is anybody going to play? Like, 
I, I, I'm all for getting my beak wet with a little preseason football. If we see Daniel Jones, if we see a little bit more of the Giants starters, Wilson playing a little bit deeper into the game. It's all good if guys are playing, like at least for a half. These guys are out after like a quarter. It's like, oh, it's like washing paint dry. Getting ready though. Fantasy drafts coming up. Super contest registration coming up. Whole lot of moving parts as we get closer and closer to football. And for the Yankees, win three out of four. And for the Mets, try to avoid disaster here against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So before we say goodbye, we'll see what's on the card for Jeff Money. We had a little heads up Yankees Red Sox the other day. Didn't go so well for our buddy. What do you got, Jeff Money? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. This is going to be for Friday the 20th. I got one game. I'm going to go with the Oakland Athletics. Minus the 110 over the Giants. It'll be Capiline versus Wood. Cap is 4-2 and two with a 1.42 ERA at home. Wood is 3-1 and one with a 4.36 ERA on the road. All right, JJ, again, I'm going to take the Oakland Athletics minus the 110. All right, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money rolling with the Oakland A's. Battle of the Bay this weekend. Two potential playoff teams with the Giants and the A's. Caprillion, the former Yankee farmhand, who was in the sunny gray trade. He's actually pitched really, really well for the A's this year. Really, really well. I I just have a little PTSD, quite frankly, betting against the San Francisco Giants because they've burned me on a few occasions, especially going back to like April, May, and June. But you know what, Jeff Money? It's a Friday. You're feeling it? I'm in good spirits? I'll rock with the A's with you. Late night game, playing around the golf earlier in the day. I'll get a little late night action. Why the hell not? Oakland. Get them at plus money. Ducks fly together. I've been waiting to break that one out. That was our rallying cry with Oregon a couple of years ago when they were like the ultimate cover machine for the Pac-12 tournament and then into the NCAA tournament. They covered like I think it was like seven straight games. So, Ducks will always be good to me. It's like Syracuse and then the Ducks when I'm talking about college teams. We will have a Spotify green room Saturday. I got to see what time. Because time is of the essence, you know? You can try to figure out. Yankees are playing during the day. Mets also are playing during the day. How about this? Spotify green room right after the Met game. Say seven, eight o'clock right in that range. We might have some preseason football going on. I don't even know the times of these games. I mean, I'm a, I'm a mess. It's, it's it's the weekend, for goodness sakes. Too much Yankee baseball going on. Fellas, outstanding job. We're back Sunday. Remember, earlier pod time because we don't have a Sunday night baseball game. So I'm going to catch up on the Yankees and the Mets after the Northern Trust. And then we do a podcast. And then we're taking a show on the road. Tuesday, I'll be at the Win Encore. Thursday, I'll be out in California. But we don't take days off. No days off until February. You heard that right here. No summer vacation for me. We still work. No days off until after the Super Bowl. Because that's what we do around here. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. JJ out. Be good.